This episode of the Autism Dad Podcast is brought to you by Superbill. Hey parents, I know firsthand how challenging it is trying to manage everything involved with our kids' medical care, especially when additional or complex medical needs are added to the mix. I've been juggling that myself for almost 20 years now. We all want the best care possible for our kids, and sometimes that care isn't covered by insurance or is only found outside of your preferred network. I've been there many times myself. Thankfully, there's Superbill. Superbill provides a hands-off concierge service that helps you understand, navigate, and utilize your out-of-network insurance benefits. I know how hard it can be to schedule, manage, and get our kids to all of these appointments. Why not let Superbill handle the out-of-network piece? They work directly with your private pay care providers, submit Superbills, provide rejection resolution, and track claims and reimbursement from your insurance provider. Superbill is affordable at less than $20 a month per family. And as an exclusive offer for my listeners, visit thesuperbill.com. That's T-H-E-S-U-P-E-R-B-I-L-L.com and use the code theautismdad to get your first month free. I'm Rob Gorski. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. Where we talk about all things related to autism and parenting and ADHD and all those kinds of things that uh, are relevant to your life and we should talk about because they matter. This Friday's uh, listener question episode got out a little bit late because, you know, life. So better late than never. And it's on the same day. So I count that as a win. We're going to take on two questions today. The first question is, you know, I know self-care is important, but I feel very guilty when I take time uh, for myself. I feel like I'm taking away from my kids. Totally get that. Second question is about uh, sensory eating, right? So we're going to, we're going to get to both of those. I'm going to try and keep it under 10 minutes because that's the goal. Okay. So we're going to start with the self-care. Self-care is so important. I've been preaching it for years. I have learned the hard way that when you Don't practice self-care, especially when you are living a life uh, as a parent raising an autistic child or any child with a disability or additional needs or any parent really in general, to be honest. Uh, It's only sustainable for so long. And and when you don't put back into yourself, you end up going physically and emotionally bankrupt at some point. That's a huge problem. And you end up uh, with caregiver or parental burnout. Part of the issue with self-care is the way that we look at it, I think. There is this misguided uh, well-intentioned approach that many parents like myself, for example, uh, have. And it's, you know, as a parent, we put everything we have into our kids. Like our kids always come first and that's just the way that it is, right? Anything other than that feels selfish. It feels, uh, like you're doing the wrong thing. The problem with that logic is that it's not sustainable. What ends up happening is that we give and 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 we put ourselves last over and over and over again to the point where we just burn out. And when you burn out, everybody pays a price. You pay a price, your kids pay a price, your spouse or your partner or whatever, everybody in your life pays a price. And burnout can be really bad. You know, it can last for a long time. And, you know, it's tied with depression and anxiety and all kinds of other mental health issues that can be avoided with good self-care practices. Personally, as a single dad to three autistic kids, um, I have found myself in a position many times where I just forget about myself, you know, and one kid needs this, the other one needs this and the other one needs this. And it's just, it just feels constant. Right. And there's no good time for me to stop and do something for myself or to put back into myself. But what I have found over the years is that when I don't do that, when I don't find time for myself, that things like depression are much harder for me to manage. Anxiety is much harder for me to manage. I don't sleep. I don't eat healthy. I don't take care of myself. And I end up being short tempered with my kids or I end up being more easily agitated or I can't focus, you know, and I can't, I I don't work well, or I don't um, do the things that my kids need me to do because I have spent myself into physical and emotional bankruptcy. There is a difference between being selfish 
and being selfish, right? And I realize that sounds weird, but let me explain. Being selfish can mean several different things, right? When you think of someone as being selfish, you think of them as being uh, in a place where they like don't care about how their actions impact someone else. They're only out for themselves, very self-centered, very universe revolves around them. But there's another type of selfish where it's more strategic, right? It's more forward thinking. And that kind of selfish is where self-care comes into play. I know that it feels uncomfortable to take time for yourself, especially when maybe your kids are struggling. And I know that it feels like you're taking time away from your kids in order to fulfill that need in your life. But the thing is, you can't be the best parent you can be if you don't take care of yourself. And we have to get over this mindset that that we owe our kids every ounce of who we are, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because we can't do that. Nobody can do that. And certainly, they can't do it long term. My therapist told me one time, and it really stuck with me, uh, when I was going through a phase of burnout and struggling with my divorce and trying to take care of my kids on my own and all this other stuff. And he told me that sometimes you have to be selfish before you can be selfless. And that really, it really hit me because, you know, you always hear about, you always had to put the oxygen mask on first, the plane's going down or, you know, those kind of cliche things, but you have to be selfish before you can be selfless basically means that you have to have something to give before you can give it. You have to put back into yourself to have something to give your kids. And that really stuck with me. And it, and it is really important, you know, self-care can be anything. It doesn't have to be some elaborate like five-star vacation or massage or like whatever. It can just be five minutes in your room reading a book or um, taking a walk around the block or walking a dog or cutting the grass. You know, if you're a dad and you're into that, like I'm totally into that, that's super relaxing for me. Maybe it's going to the gym if you can do that or having a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. I mean, it, it can be anything that just puts back into yourself right? It's where you stop giving and you just start absorbing back. And it's really, really important. You know, and I I know that it feels selfish. I know that it feels counterintuitive, but you can't take care of your kids if you can't take care of yourself. So we all want what's best for our kids. And that means giving our kids the best version of who we are. And the only way that we can do that is if we're taking care of ourselves. So I hope that helps. And we can do a whole other thing on types of self-care and what, you know, you can do whatever, but I hope this helps you just kind of reframe the way you're thinking about self-care and uh, maybe it makes it a little bit easier for you to, I guess, practice. So, okay. Last question for today is in regards to sensory eating. And uh, it was, it was, it was pulled out of the, the forums and it was basically in regards to helping people understand that sensory eating is not just picky eating, right? So it's not like, I don't really feel like having peanut butter and jelly for lunch. So I'm going to like protest and just not eat until mom gives me something that I want. Sensory eating is very, very different than that. Kids with sensory processing issues have very visceral reactions to certain stimuli. And my youngest is one of those kids and he is very sensory oriented when it comes to food. So there, there were for the longest time, there were only like four or five things that he would actually eat. And we've all talked about like chicken nuggets being misshapen or imperfect, or they changed the packaging of the chicken nuggets so that your kid doesn't want to touch them anymore. It's, it's that serious of a thing, right? They're not going to eat when they're hungry. They will literally starve before they eat something that is sensory offensive to them. And it's really frustrating when you're trying to manage that and you have people in your life who are like, Oh, don't worry about it. They'll eat when they're hungry. Um, it's not the way that it works. You know, I have, I've tried to relay this in a way that is most understandable to the lay person. And I sort of have, have come with this analogy and it's kind of gross, but it makes a point when you look at a kid and you say, you know, if you're hungry, you'll eat it, you know, and then you just don't give them any other options. 
and that, that child is suffering from a sensory related food issue, uh, they won't eat it. They'll starve before they eat it. And it's the equivalent of me putting down a litter box in front of you and telling you, if you're hungry, eat it. You're not going to do it, right? Like you'll starve before you eat what's in the cat litter box, right? And I know that's gross, but it's, it's, it's that same sort of offensive visceral response to, to eating something that's out of the cat litter box is similar to what kids with sensory issues feel when they experience, you know, a chicken nugget that's misshapen or the, the packaging has changed or uh, something, you know, food touched together or the color is off. I mean, they just have that same type of, of reaction and they're never going to eat it. And it requires patience and practice and love and compassion and speech therapy, which I didn't realize for a long time was actually how you help with a lot of uh, feeding issues, but speech therapy is very helpful. And, you know, encouraging your kids to try things that are different without forcing it on them. Because, you know, I have to remember, and, and my kids are doing much better now, especially as they got older and they started cooking and experimenting with food and stuff like that. So they're willing to try things more than what they used to be. But I used to have to remind myself like, okay, I mean, it's frustrating because I've recooked the chicken nuggets five times and there's something wrong with every one of them. And I just like, I quit, I'm done. Just eat it or don't eat it. I have to remind myself, would I want to go eat out of the litter box? <laughs> and the answer is always no, I don't want to go eat out of the litter box. So um, just keep that in mind. And I really hope that you guys are able to, you know, show some compassion to, to parents and kids, even adults who are dealing with uh, sensory related feeding problems, because it's not a joke. It's not picky eating. It's not just someone being difficult. It really is a very difficult thing to navigate and it's very, very real. So I hope that helps. And again, we can do a whole nother thing on that if you guys want to do that, but I just wanted to kind of touch on these two questions for today. And I hope, uh, hope that helped you guys keep the questions coming in. Visit me at listen.theautismdad.com, submit your questions, or you can hit me up on social media, whatever you want to do, just shoot your questions over and I'll try to answer a couple of them every Friday. Uh, again, you can find me at listen.theautismdad.com where you can subscribe and uh, discuss and do all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, to interact with this podcast. And uh, if you want to be a guest, you can apply to be a guest. And if you want sponsorship opportunities, you can do that too. So it's all inclusive and I'm really excited to have it. And I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend and I will talk to you on Monday. All right. See you. Bye.